0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. Want to hear a story? So, welcome back to Storytime with M. This week, I am reading chapter two of Feelers. Every week I will be sharing a chapter or two of the book, and you can follow along week to week, or if you want to read ahead, there is a link in the show notes for the paperback or ebook. And without further ado, here is chapter two of Feelers. My parents brought me to the Silent Trees Wellness Center when I was 13. I was too much for them to handle. I think they kept me as long as they could, They tried. But when the hormones hit, they couldn't hide me anymore. Silent Trees is the best place for treating people like me. They tried to do what they thought was best for me given the circumstances. There are far worse fates for feelers. That's what they call us. Feelers. A tiny percentage of people who still feel emotions, supposedly. Personally, I think that's crap. Everyone has some emotion. I've seen it slip out from time to time. It's the Hyptiz pills, the government sanctioned treatment for depression and anxiety. Most people were more than willing to take them. Most people would rather feel numb. Hip-tis turns the world into a beautiful cartoon with soft edges and cozy, dull thoughts. Or so I've been told. Hyptiz doesn't work on feelers. I found that out on my 13th birthday when my mom took me to the physician for my yearly. That's when they start Hyptiz treatment. I'm not sure why. I had feelings long before then. My parents knew I was wrong long before that day. They knew what was coming. I didn't. Perhaps they didn't know either. How could they have predicted what those pills would do to me? It burned on my tongue and sizzled down my throat. When the pill hit my stomach, the world exploded in purple electricity. I don't remember anything else. I woke up in a room in Silent Trees. Dad was well-connected and got me a room regardless of what happened. No charges were filed. They showed me pictures of what I'd done. The young doctor was no more. The carnage was revolting. I couldn't connect it in my mind that I had done this brutal, terrible thing. They had videos, too. My mother's cries were what did it, the moment when it all became too much. They have haunted me every day since. I became something else, an animal, something too powerful for a grown man. Mindless rage in a petite female form. Somewhere deep in the recesses of my mind, I knew it was true. I was wrong. I was dangerous. I was also scared and wanted my parents. They refused to see me. Feelers are monsters. Everyone knows how dangerous emotions can be. The world before hiptis took over was a sad and frightening place, bad enough to cause some people to take their own lives. That still happens, of course, but it is very, very rare. And almost always the poor soul was a feeler. Silent Trees has patented ways to help us cope, but they're not foolproof. They still don't understand what makes certain people resistant to hiptis. They study some of the stronger feelers. There's a special lab in the basement where they keep the ones with the most dangerous afflictions. I'm lucky the feelings aren't very strong. From what I've heard, I do not want to be anywhere near the basement of Silent Tree's Wellness Center. I do have one friend in this place. Kind of, anyway. Friendships are not allowed. Speaking is not allowed. Eye contact must be less than three seconds, and they are always watching. My friend is a slight girl, younger than me, with big green eyes. Normally, they keep us isolated, but she and I have occasionally passed in the hallway. Her attendant is a fierce older woman with steel gray hair and an imposing frame. She kept the girl moving at a quick pace and forced herself between us in the narrow hallway. Still, we had one brief second. Our eyes met over the woman's broad shoulder, and something happened. The slightest burst of light behind my eyes. A momentary glitch. As we continued down the hall, I tried to decide if it had actually happened. It could have just been a short episode. I don't get them very often, but they do happen. I thought about that girl for days, or what I assumed to be days. Time doesn't really exist in this place. We passed again a few weeks later. Our eyes met as we walked, and her attendant was distracted by something on her tablet. She didn't even acknowledge my attendant as we passed. There was a look of concern on her deeply furrowed brow, and I silently rejoiced in her hurt. My friend and I had at least seven seconds of eye contact, more than twice the allowed human connection. There was no light this time, but a low humming that grew stronger as we approached. As we passed, she brushed her hand against mine. A jolt of energy shook me, and my hand pulled away. My attendant glanced at me, and I rubbed at my eye. She nodded, and we shuffled along. I risked the briefest look back over my shoulder. My attendant was a perpetually tired older woman, I knew she would not notice my indiscretion. The girl's attendant was attentive once more. When I turned to glance over my shoulder, she was staring at me. My friend was on the floor, sprawled face down and motionless. I snapped my head back around and stumbled a bit. I steadied myself on my attendant and she pulled away quickly, sending me staggering into the wall. She shook her head and motioned for me to hurry up. We continued our walk down the hall, but I swore I could feel the steely eyes of the other attendant burrowing into me. I didn't dare turn around to see if it was true. I saw my friend one last time. She was thinner and paler than before. At least she was between the bruises. Most of her face was swollen and purple. There was a cut above her eye and another on her lip. Her hair was thin and brittle-looking. Her attendant wore a triumphant smile as she marched toward us. My attendant retired after the stumbling incident, and her replacement was a stocky, bald man with a strict and violent demeanor. When he walked, he held his arms out from his body and swung them with each step in a weird sort of macho man strut. He was strutting down the hallway in front of me when we passed them. The attendant nudged me hard with her shoulder, and I staggered. My friend reached out quickly and grabbed my hand. For the briefest moment, our hands made full contact— and she stared imploringly at me with her one good eye. Her attendant screeched intelligibly at this breach of protocol, and she took her chance to employ the baton that each attendant carried on their hip. One sharp crack to the back of my skull and everything went black. I woke up sometime later, trapped under the heavy blanket, and staring up at Mr. Cheer through painful, cloudy eyes. I haven't seen my friends since. I haven't seen anyone other than the staff. I refuse to give up on her, though. I know I will see her again. Something happened when our hands touched. Something passed from her to me, and I feel strange now. Stronger. Calmer. I think my friend was a powerful feeler, and, unfortunately, I think now I am too. And that is the end of Chapter 2, Book Lovers. I hope you're enjoying Feelers, and I will be back next week with Chapter 3. And until then, keep reading.